What's going on, everybody? John and Pamby here with Adam Rodinus. Welcome into the Anti Up Podcast, capping week eight of the NFL season. Adam, recording just after your Dallas Cowboys maybe shocked the world uh, with Cooper Rush in for Dak Prescott, upsetting the Minnesota Vikings here. Vikings at home. Uh, the, we talked all week long about how the point spread flipped on its head. Uh, essentially, once rumors kind of got out that Dak probably wasn't going to play. Uh, in this game, ended up with what? I think the Vikings giving four, four and a half at the very end. Uh, but Dallas ends up coming on top. Cooper, Cooper rushed those for over 300 yards and two scores. Uh, both Amari Cooper and CeeDee Lamb, over 100 yards rushing there. Uh, a pretty big win for your Dallas Cowboys. Surprised by it as well. Uh, we did see that line move all week, and Dak Prescott did warm up, but you could kind of tell that he wasn't going to play. All the indications were he wasn't going to go. I mean, look, Minnesota kind of helped Dallas in a way. I thought their play calling was bad. I don't know why they kept checking down. They were one of 13 on third down. Uh, Dallas is kind of susceptible to to long passes. They didn't take advantage of it. I mean, Dallas had 419 total yards and 278 for the Vikings. Uh, So you, you would have thought the opposite, right? Dallas was averaging, you know, 7.8 yards per pass. Minnesota was 4.8. Uh, so you would have thought it would be complete opposite. So uh, Dallas took advantage. You know, they were a little sloppy. They had a bad offsides on a fourth down, giving Minnesota first down. But Minnesota could never take advantage. And, man, Dallas with uh, some ballsy calls, man. I cannot believe after Zeke picked up that first down on the pass, breaking some tapple, tackles, bringing him inside the five. First down, they let Cooper rush throw into the end zone for Amari Cooper, who makes the play for the touchdown. And Dallas holds on to win. Just a huge win for them on the road with Cooper Rush at quarterback. Uh, He had 325 yards and two passing touchdowns. And, you know, hopefully many people didn't bench Amari Cooper or CeeDee Lamb. I obviously moved them down the rankings on Fantasy Alarm, but I think Lamb was a wide receiver too. Cooper was – Cooper I had around 22, 23. So – and I have them in multiple leagues. I didn't bench them anywhere. Uh, So you just, you know, pretty much going to play them and – you know, if you did, you're ecstatic because they gave you probably way more than you expected. Yeah, we got a lot of questions on that during the uh, Fantasy Alarm live stream today. Um, some instances we told them, you know, you got to play Cooper, you got to play Lamb. Uh, I think the one that we waffled a lot on and, and was a fairly popular one was Amari Cooper or Sterling Shepard. Um, was an often one. I, I, for the most part, I think we lean the Shepard direction. But, you know, obviously that, uh, you know, there's still time to see if Shepard can come back. And uh, have himself a game against Kansas City. Yeah, but- I mean, that's not crazy. I had Cooper ranked higher, but that's not crazy. I mean, he's got a great matchup. Kansas City, awful defense. We've seen that's the go-to guy for Daniel Jones. Even with Kadaris, Tony coming back. So, yeah, you know, I don't have a problem with that. I don't think it's crazy. Again, no one expected Cooper to do this. I mean, Cooper, right. hasn't, had, Cooper hasn't had many games like this with Dak this year. I mean, right. he led the team in 13 targets. He actually was going to the sidelines a couple of times to a tennis ball on his hamstring that massage gun as well. I've heard those massage guns are really good. Um, I, I've, yeah, I've seen them. Uh, you know, you walk around the mall and they're like, hey, can we test this out? I'm like, I'm okay. But like, I want, I want watched- to test it out. Like, there's a couple guys on my softball team who have them. And I was talking to my friend about it the other day. He said years ago they were really expensive. I don't know how much they are now, but he said he tried it too. And he's like, oh my goodness, it was. And he he works out a lot. He's like, yeah, yeah. it was ridiculous. Yeah, but um, Cooper had 17 targets in week one against Tampa. That's the game where they just kind of yeah. said, Fuck the run. We're just going to pass. And Cooper, this is the most targets since of his second. So, I mean, who would have known that that would have well, been the case? Yeah, that, and that was our that was sort of our uh, you know analysis on the questions, too, was like we haven't seen, uh, you know, Amari Cooper be productive with Dak Prescott. 
how are we supposed to expect him to be productive with Cooper Rush at quarterback? Well, yeah, I wouldn't say he wasn't productive. I think the issue is that they've had so much success running the ball and forcing turnovers on defense. They haven't had to sure. pass a lot. You know, I think that's the big thing. I mean, you look at the games. They won by 20 against Philadelphia. The Carolina game, didn't they have a big lead? Yeah, I think they had a lead, and Carolina came back late to make it close. Yeah, they, they did. The yeah, there was a blowout in that game for a while. They, they crushed the Giants, and then the New England game was competitive before the bye. Um, and Cooper has been a little banged up here or there. So, right. um, But, yeah, I mean, I, I think the general lesson is, unless the quarterback's just absolutely awful, again, and we didn't really know with Cooper Rush what to expect because we barely seen him. But, you know, I don't think you can just say, oh, we can't play these wide receivers. I think it was a case-by-case basis. And, you know, Shepard Cooper, if you want Shepard, I can't argue with that. Yeah. Uh, other matchups, I think that were, uh, you know, maybe a, a bit surprising to say the least in terms of final outcome. Uh, Cincinnati Bengals went into New York. Uh, the the Jets were 11 point home underdogs. Uh, Adam, you and I talked on the uh, fantasy alarm show, um, kind of sort of about the the betting trend, the historical trend that I brought up. Uh, road teams on their third game straight on the road uh, historically uh, were just not very good. You know, they're losing outright, not covering the spread. Uh, it seemed as if, though, there was no way the Jets were going to be able to stay competitive. And then Mike White goes out and is the second highest scoring fantasy quarterback this week. Uh, and the Jets pull off the outright upset uh, fit with 15 minutes left to go. So basically the start of the fourth quarter, Adam, uh, the Jets, if you were live betting, were plus 2,500 uh, to win. Uh, and they came Did you back do it? and ended up pulling it off. Did you do it? I did it. I can't live bet in Massachusetts. I don't have. The oh, answer. OK. Well, let's that was an atrocious personal foul call on Ty Johnson. Uh, who was the defender? Was it a woozy? You know what I'm talking about? The helmet to helmet hit. I do. Yeah. Where Ty Johnson lowered his head. If you guys didn't see that, go on. That was one of the worst calls I've ever seen. And that gave the Jets the game. It sealed it. I don't know if Cincinnati would have came back, but it would have been fourth down Jets punt and Burrow at least gets the chance. Right. And, and with those weapons, you know, certainly have a shot. And you only oh, need to much. get a field goal to tie it. So but that. I mean, we see it every week, but man, there were some brutal calls today. But yeah, I mean, look, this is an awful loss for the Bengals, man. Just when you get a big win last week and, you know, you look like you're legit, you can't lose this game to the Jets, even if it is three straight on the road. Again, I we talked about the the trips. They were short trips, man. I know it's different. You're not in your home bed and all that, but come on, man. Cincinnati to Jersey. Uh, <laughs> this, was, this was just a bad loss. I mean, Joe Mixon. You're fortunate that he scored a rushing and receiving touchdown because yep. he didn't do much on the ground. Um, uh, see, Jamar Chase dropped the touchdown. He did have one, but only three for 32. Um, Burrow had three touchdowns, but only 259. And Mike White, geez, a 405 yards, three passing touchdowns. And, you know, Michael Carter, we've been ta- talking about him for weeks, man. Yep. You know, I've drafted him uh, in a couple of leagues and it looked bleak, but we kind of knew. Like, again, I think we discussed it a lot. Like, I could not believe, oh, Tevin Coleman, uh, coaching staff knows him. No, dude, <laughs> yeah. the dude is old and he stinks. Go look at his numbers with the 49ers. They were terrible. So, you know, the Michael Carter buzz was out of control early because he was going in the fourth round. Then he started to slip seventh, eighth round. And you knew you had to be patient. 15 carries, 77 yards and a touchdown. But more importantly, as we saw last week, Mike White checking down to the running backs. Michael oh, yeah. Carter led the team. 14 targets, nine for 95, even Ty Johnson, five for 71 and a touchdown on six targets. Yeah. So that's the bit I wrote up Michael Carter in the, uh, the NFL DFS playbook. And in that note was that the Cincinnati Bengals uh, have allowed the most receptions to opposing running backs this season. Uh, they're 
that lead widened for them after today uh, with, with both Carter and Johnson combining for 14 receptions there. Um, I was all over the the Michael Carter uh, receiving receiving prop over in Wager Alarm. I do the player pops article uh, over three and a half. He was plus one thirty. Adam, and I'm sitting there. I'm like, did, did they not realize that he had like ten catches last week, or not, or nine targets last week and seven catches? Uh, he had over three and a half on like the first drive because Mike White just checked down to him. Uh, adding in the fifteen for seventy seven rushing, though, also uh, impressive. And the one thing I said. You know, with these rookie running backs, you want those teams to start losing. You don't want them to stick with veteran running backs. You want them to start to commit to the the rookie running backs they've they've drafted. Uh, I said, you know, on alarm after hours that it's time for uh, the Jets, you know, to start planning almost about for next year. And they got to see, you know, is Michael Carter something they can plan on for the future? Or do they have to address the running back position again uh, in the draft next year? And so far, with the bigger workloads of the last couple of weeks, Carter's uh, looked fantastic. So. Uh, that one was an upset. Uh, and then we had, um, you know, maybe not a full upset because I think you had the Saints uh, this week, right? In the Survivor Better matchup. Did you take them with the four? Yeah, and a half? I took the Saints getting four and a half. I just felt that, you know, Sean Payton as a home underdog, uh, they've had success against Tampa. Um, and But it was the way it happened was surprising because Jameis Winston went out early in this game. I mean, yep. he was he was running like a madman, man. He had four carries, 40 yards. He had thrown a touchdown. I mean, obviously, the revenge game against his former team. He's uh, looking good. I don't know if it's been confirmed, but most of the reports say he has a torn ACL. Yeah, I'm not if sure if you saw the video. Did you see the of him dancing with of the, him dancing? Yeah. Uh, aside from that, you saw his leg in the full length cast, which is basically the ACL cast. Uh, when you tear your leg up. So, yeah, he's more than likely done. Obviously, um, Jason Hill is out as well. So, yeah, Trevor Simeon didn't even know he was still in the league. Uh, he comes in and goes 16 for 29, 159, uh, and a score there. Yeah, I mean, stunning um, that he was able to come in and do it. Uh, I would assume Taysom Hill takes over. He was out with a concussion. So, I would think that he would be the guy. But, I'm already yeah. seeing the Cam Newton calls all over Twitter. I mean, what did you think? Why though? They paid they paid Taysom Hill a ton of money. Wouldn't well, it be him? He's not ready to go. I guess people are are screaming for, mm. for Cam Newton. Yeah. I mean, again, the concussion is a trick. I don't know. He's been out like two or three weeks now. Hill, yeah, right? Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So um, we'll see about that. I mean, Kamara got the rushing touchdown, but for some reason, only three receptions for 15 yards. I don't get that. They yeah. spread it around once again. There was like 75 different players caught a pass. Yeah, who's Garrett uh, Griffin, and why did he have three catches? Yeah, man, I mean, come on, man. But uh, but Traquan Smith did find the end zone. Brady, once again, four touchdowns, 375. Again, two interceptions. He lost a fumble. Uh, we kind of knew that it wasn't a great matchup for Fournette. Uh, Chris Godwin came through in a big way. Big time. For 140 and a touchdown, which is not surprising. He knew no. Evans was going to get a lot of Marshall and Lattimore, and Evans did score a touchdown. On Lattimore, he also was missed by Brady on another one. So this is why you don't bench Mike Evans. I had him ranked, I don't know, around 17, so lower than usual. But you don't bench him. Two for 48 in no. a touchdown. One play, and he comes through for you. So you just had a lower expectations. And Rob Grant, okay, I've always said this every week. You've got to pay attention to the pre-game news. I think I might have even talked to you about Thursday. I had Zach Ertz and Gronkowski. The, mm-hmm. It looked like Gronkowski was going to play. I said, you know what? I'm not going to play Ertz. I will play Gronkowski. And I looked at my waiver wire and said, all right, there's alternatives there. So the reports were coming in before the game. Yeah, Gronkowski is going to give it a go, but he might be limited to red zone and third down. I saw that. I said, nah, I'm out on Gronk. 
and I picked up Dan Arnold and played him instead. Now, the downside of it is scoring tight end this week, Dan The downside in half point PPR, though, but he still gave me enough. The downside is now I got three fucking tight ends on my <laughs> roster who I will drop, obviously, one or two of them next week. Gronk's on by, so I can't, uh, I don't know. I got to figure out what to do. Um, but the bottom line is you got to pay attention, man. I know people have families and they do other shit on Sunday and we're here watching all the games to help you guys, but set up alerts or follow me on Twitter or, 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 you know, the NFL insiders, I'm always tweeting stuff out, but you got to pay attention. You can't just be like, Oh, Gronk's good to go. So I lowered him in the rankings of fantasy alarm, probably not far enough. Um, I think at 12, 13, cause you know, a lot of these tight ends are scrubs afterward, but, um, I played. I picked up Dan Arnold and played him, and uh, Gronk then left the game with back spasms. Yeah, yeah, you you wasn't out there too long, and it's obviously always something you have to worry about uh, when it comes to Gronkowski. There, uh, you picked up Dan Arnold. Great ad there. I picked up Pat Fryermuth this week. That was uh, yeah. That was, he wasn't available, man. Yeah, because you know I what happens everywhere. A lot of people started picking him up. I think I was thinking about him last week. Um, when I saw Juju went down and I saw the game with the seven receptions, I think they had a bye last week, right? They yeah, they, they were on bye last, last week. week yeah. So I was kind of looking at them. I, I'm trying to remember, I don't think I got him in any league. And then um, I put in a couple bids lost. And then in that league, he wasn't on the waiver wire. But yeah, we talked about him on the Fantasy Alarm show during the week, you know, saying that he was a solid play. And he Another made a great, seven targets today. So yeah, made a great catch in the end zone. Yep. Uh, big time there. So that, you know, that game largely, Najee Harris. Uh, you know, did did his usual thing there. A lot of volume. Oh uh, shit! I didn't realize he had twenty six carries. Oh yeah, twenty six for ninety one in the score. Jeez, I mean, but that's the thing. Again, said it in the preseason. It's not going to be pretty for Harris. He could average three point eight yards if you do the math with the touches he was going to get. I don't care how bad the offensive line is. If you give a running back twenty five touches a game or twenty to twenty five, it doesn't matter. And we've seen it with Pittsburgh. They're not using anyone else. It was McFarland one carry. Kalen Balazs. Chase Claypool had two. Two, yeah. And they they did that more last year. It seems like they haven't done a lot. They're not going to anyone else. And he's a rookie running back. You don't worry about wear and tear. So, you know, because people were concerned. Oh, look at the offensive line. No, nah, man, volume trumps everything. Yeah, it does. And, and I wish, uh, I'm sure Nick Chubb fan, uh, roster are kind of hoping Cleveland would get that same message. Oh, he my came goodness, back, man. Just 16 carries for 61 yards. And then Dearness Johnson stole the touchdown from him, four for 22. Uh, and a score, I think even maybe more surprising uh, was just the one target for Chubb, too. You know, we talk a lot about how Chubb definitely has the ability to catch the football. Um, yeah, we started all before Kareem Hunt got there, but only the one target there and the Browns fall to Pittsburgh in this matchup. Yeah, I mean, you know, again, Nick Chubb was a polarizing player before the year. I was more on the pro side, like taking late first round, even in PPR, but this was the other side of it, man. If Nick Chubb is not scoring touchdowns, man, and he's not involved in the passing game, he's going to give you a lot of bad weeks. And the dude has four touchdowns on the season, man. And that's the problem. And last year, we, we didn't see it because I think he had, what, 12 touchdowns in 12 games, right? I think there were like two games, I believe, of the ones he played where he didn't score. It's the opposite this year. And, and this is the real problem right now. He has touchdown. He's got four touchdowns. He has three games with no touchdowns, man. And this is the other side of it. You're not involved in the passing game. Your floor is going to be extremely low. The dude has five receptions on the season, man. So, he, and I love him. He, I think he's one of the best running backs in the NFL. But if Cleveland is not going to have him involved in the passing game and they're going to give him 15 carries some weeks, it's a problem. Um, but we did see, you know, his three previous games, 21, 21, 22. So 
need to get back to that level for Nick Chubb. And, you know, he'll have some big games, but he, he's going to have a low floor some weeks in PPR leagues because of the lack involvement in the passing game. And I don't get it because the guy can catch the football. Yeah, can definitely catch football again. It was one of his, uh, you know, one of the reasons why he was such a high fantasy commodity before uh, the Kareem Hunt move there. Uh, Adam, uh, while everybody's waiting for the Dak Prescott news, kind of like hovering around the story of the day, uh, right around the, probably an hour before kickoff, we learned that Calvin Ridley is stepping away from football uh, to deal with some mental health issues. Uh, Atlanta falls to Carolina in this matchup, 19 to 13. Uh, not an exciting matchup, really, from any perspective of fantasy. Correll Patterson found the end zone. Chuba Hubbard at 24 for 82 in a score. Uh, and Robbie Anderson, I think, uh, is looking for uh, his insides after being decleated uh, and, and taken out of that game due to injury. Um, he did come back. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I can't believe it, right? <laughs> like, Yeah, I was surprised too. Uh, only the one target there, not as usual, 11, but nothing going on there. Um, but really, I want to get your thoughts here on Calvin Ridley. And maybe if you're someone that has really on your roster, you know, like, where's where are you going at this point? Are there answers on Atlanta that you'd look at? I mean, Tajay Sharp, <laughs> five for 58, six targets. I mean, he said he was the guy that stepped up. Russell Gage had no targets in this game. Uh, people were kind of thinking he would be the guy. Yeah, I'm not looking at these. They only had three receivers run routes, Taji or play snaps, Taji Star, Russell Gage, and uh, Kia. So, yeah. um, but really, it's tricky, man. I mean, this must be pretty serious, man, um, for him to step away at this point. And remember, he didn't make the trip to London. So, this has probably been brewing for a little bit. He did play the game after last week. So, um, I think I'd hold him for now because. You never know. He could be back in two weeks. Right. You just don't know. Um, so I only have him in one league, but it's an RT sports championship. So we have 20 roster spots. So I have to look at my whole team to see like the bye weeks and everything. But I'm probably going to just hold him for now to see because um, you never know. I mean, he could be out for the year. He could be back in two, three weeks. You just don't know. But, yeah, I don't think the answer is here. I mean, this was just uh, so disappointing for Kyle Pitts, man, because I'm sure a lot of people said, oh, got to use Kyle Pitts in DFS. and can't blame you for that, man. Uh, you would have thought, oh, no, Calvin Ridley, here we go. Uh, nope, didn't happen at all. Just a, abysmal across the board. Um, Cordero Patterson at least came through with a touchdown. Although, I guess what happened here is Mike Davis benefited. Because remember, Mike Davis was falling way behind. He had four yeah. carries last week. And they talked about how Patterson's role was going to continue to grow. So Davis played 34 snaps, Patterson 32. I don't have to break down a wide receiver. I don't know how much Patterson lined up wide. Uh, Davis ran 16 routes, Patterson 15. They each had five targets, each had nine carries. So I still think Davis is still risky. Um, you know, at least he had five for 22. But, uh, you know, yeah, he, I, I said I said on the uh, the Fantasy Alarm live stream that I thought that this would actually benefit Mike Davis in the sense uh, that they don't have a lot of other receiving options. And it could push Correll Patterson more back into uh, that receiver role. Uh, and, and lend Davis to the running back position. They had uh, Wayne Gallman inactive for this game. I thought maybe that was a little bit surprising, given the fact that maybe they I would have figured, you know, they could have afforded to use uh, Gallman as a backup back with this one and have Patterson as a receiver. But uh, it seems like they still want to go ahead and use a mix uh, there. But largely, I said, you know, fantasy wise, this game wasn't uh, overly exciting. Well, the big problem with this game from the Atlanta perspective is they never had the ball. Carolina ran 72 plays. Atlanta ran 50. Atlanta had the ball for 24-37. So 
you know, you always have to keep that in mind uh, when you're looking at this. So like, oh, what happened? Um, and, you know, Matt Ryan had 27 pass attempts. Right. Uh, they ran the ball 20 times. Carolina had the ball the entire game. Sam Donald did leave late with a concussion. Uh, Chuba Hubbard had a big workload, didn't really do much. He did score a touchdown, although it looks like Christian McCaffrey could be back in week nine. Um, you know, and DJ Moore four for 59. Yeah, they definitely do. So, um, you know, they're they're four and four, but they've beaten some bad teams. Yeah, definitely beating some bad teams. Speaking of bad teams, I thought maybe there was a chance for Detroit this week. There was not a chance for Detroit this week. Uh, Philadelphia, 44 to six winners here. Uh, Jalen Hurts, just nine of 14. 103 yards. He had seven for 71 on the ground. And then Boston Scott had 12 for 16, two scores. Jordan Howard had 12 for 57 in two scores. Kenneth Gainwell had 13 carries for 27 yards. Uh, zero clarity continues in this backfield. Why couldn't they run the ball as many times with Miles Sanders, though? Is my question. Yeah, no idea. I guess the matchup and they had the lead. Look, you cannot be upset if you started Jalen Hurts. It was a great matchup, and they just need, didn't need him to do anything. At least he rushed for 71 yards, but 14 pass attempts, most quarterbacks are not going to come through. Uh, I don't. I didn't think the game would be this lopsided. Remember, the line was only three and a half, yeah. so uh, this was definitely surprising. I picked up Boston Scott in four leagues. I started him in one because I was desperate. It was either him, Jamal Williams, who was inactive, Damian Williams. I wasn't starting him, or Ty Johnson, who actually outscored Boston Scott in PPR, okay. but I didn't play him. So I played Boston Scott. He came through for me. I did not play him in my other leagues, though, because, again, it wasn't clear on the backfield. There was a tweet that said, oh, Boston Scott took the first snap with the starters and pregame warm-ups, and then Gamewell came in on the next play. But this Gamewell thing is very perplexing because he had 13 carries. They were all in garbage time. He didn't play a snap in the first quarter. So he was basically the third running back in this game. Yeah. I don't know I don't know what happened, man. I, I, I think they were maybe – Planning to use him as their third down back, which is kind of what I was, uh, you know, when people were talking about it this week, I was like, you know, they may try to keep Gainwell in his role and use Scott and Howard as like the featured backs is what I is kind of how I thought it would play out. And then they never needed to use Gainwell as that pass catching running back, given the game flow of, of the way it planned out. So they didn't need to use him until the game uh, was well out of hand. Um, it's just frustrating that Jordan Howard is back in our lives. You know, like, yeah, I don't want to brutal, man. Why, it's absolutely brutal. You know, why is he back? Why did he, you know, get 12 for 57? Why did he run for two scores? So um, still zero clarity on this backfield. Um, I mean, a little bit, you, you said Gainwell barely played until the end. So maybe Scott and Howard are, are the guys for early down work and, and Gainwell maybe would still be using that, that backfield as a, as a pass catching option. But uh, we didn't get a sense of that. Uh, Dallas Goddard, everything we had hoped for, you know, no Zach Ertz there. Six uh, on seven targets for 72 yards. Uh, only guy to catch more than two passes. Only guy to be targeted more than three times. Um, you know, troubling for Devonta Smith. The rest of this office, they just didn't need to throw. So maybe you just kind of throw this one away if you have those guys and be thankful if you played Dallas Goddard. Yeah, I mean, he's probably a top five tight end every, top five tight end every week. I mean, they host the Chargers next week. so. I doubt they'll be in a situation like that. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, then they have at Denver, the Saints, at the Giants. At They're the making Jets. the Chargers oh, wow, come have... all the way back east again? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Chargers That's maybe the third they... time they've made them go east. They had to play in Washington, in Baltimore, now in Philadelphia. Yep. Uh, and, uh, I think I don't know if I talked to you about this. Go look at the Ravens schedule, bro. Their furthest trip the rest of the year is Miami. They have the ridiculous – they do not yeah. travel anywhere. and. 
They have four straight home games. They had three home games. They had the bye this week. They're home again next week. They have, I don't, I don't look at the miles, but they have to have one of the easiest schedules. They, yeah. they already did their West Coast trips early. They opened to Vegas. They might have had one. They travel nowhere. Um, and I see Philly. Look at Philly, man. Philly plays the Giants and Jets in Jersey back to back weeks, man. So Philly doesn't leave the tri state area. They have the Saints at home, at the Giants, at the Jets, home to Washington, home to the Giants at Washington. Oh my goodness. They don't leave like the yeah, area. <laughs> For like a month and a half. Jeez, man. These teams, bro. Yeah, that's, that's pretty so wild. lucky, man. Uh, on the Detroit side, uh, a wildly... Unless they have women on the road, then you're kind of screwed. You can't go see your, <laughs> your women on the area coast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, you, you know, whatever. There's, there's Instagram models everywhere, right? You can always find oh, them. Oh, yeah, yeah. But, you know, it's better to be on the road far away from the... Uh, it's true. It's true. From the girlfriend. I won't even say wife. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh uh DeAndre Swift was chalk today in DFS. Oh. Not not the good chalk. Uh you know, 5 for 24 receiving, just 12 for 27 uh running the football here. Uh, and then the one rushing touchdown goes to Jamar Jefferson. So Cuz it was late in the game. Yeah. I understand why well, they took What so was out. frustrating about that though, Adam, was that the entire starting offense was on the field there on that drive. Hawkinson had like four catches. Goff was the quarterback. And Jamar Jefferson got the run. So it's like Swift was just on the sideline for that drive. He fumbled the drive before. So, like, he's the one that turned it over. Uh, and they He had 17 it. touches. So, like, and he's had the groin issue. So yeah. I understand if you had him in DFS. So seasonal, you're upset. But from a team perspective, it made sense. He's 34% rostered in DFS. In I look, it's the, look, that's one of those plays. It's the right call. It didn't work out. And don't hang my head about it. Like, you got a guy... That has been producing every single week. He scored a touchdown in every game except two. No Jamal Williams. Even if they fall behind, he's going to catch a lot of passes. It didn't work out. Yeah. You know, what are you going to do? Like, sometimes it happens. I mean, and that's another example. Like, hey, if this, why if someone is chalk in the obvious play in tournaments, go the opposite direction. Because this can happen, and now you have a leg up on everyone else. Yeah, very, very much so. And I'm sure once Jamal Williams got ruled out, the number of people who pivoted to Swift after that probably uh, increased ownership. There are a few percentages uh, on the receiving game. TJ Hawkinson came back really strong effort. 10 of 89, uh, 10 for 89 on 11 targets. Uh, this is the type of volume we expected from him. He was banged up for a little bit. So the numbers dip, but now in the last couple of weeks, he's right back to where we want him to be. Yeah, this is exactly what you want. Uh, they don't have any receivers. Khalif Raymond. Uh, I think Goff was comparing to Cooper Cup during the week. Zero receptions for <laughs> Khalif Raymond. Yeah, keep comparing to Cooper Cup. That's a, that's that's a that's special. Uh, speaking of Cooper Cup, uh, the Rams thirty-eight twenty-two win over the Texans. Uh, Houston uh, backdoor covers here with twenty-two Dude, points. This, in the this is a brutal. If you because it depends on what you when you had True. the line. I saw it, it closed, at sixteen and a half. I think at the very yeah, end. it closed at sixteen and a half. Yeah, this was that's an awful beat, man. I mean, the Rams were up. 38 nothing after three quarters, and the Texans scored 22 in the fourth quarter to cover it by a half. That is fucking brutal. And that's another example of, of why these big lines are tough, man, um, because this can happen. And that's why you always have a little fear of taking a big number. Um, so just, just remember that. But still, even if you had the 16 and a half, this was a kick in the nuts, man. Yeah, tough, tough one for sure. Uh, fantasy wise, though, I mean, like everybody came through Stafford, 305, three scores. 
Henderson, 14 for 90 and a rushing touchdown, also added one catch and a, and a receiving touchdown as well. Uh, Robert Woods, even three for 35 and a score receiving, but also had three for 22 and a touchdown rushing. Uh, Cooper Cup, seven for 115 and a score. Uh, I mean, Van Jefferson, another guy that we talked a lot about this week with Deshaun Jackson uh, requesting a trade. Uh, Jefferson, three for 88 on six targets, a guy that's starting to really work his way in. I think he played like 90-something percent of snaps last week or something like that. So uh, on the field, not coming off the field. So Yeah, he only uh, played two less snaps than uh, Woods and Cup. So yeah. he is someone that I think we can look at, especially four teams on by next week. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And on DFS, he's only $3,900 today. That price, I'm sure, will be uh, on the rise. So everybody came through there for the Rams. Uh, for Houston, hey, if you played Brandon Cooks, you got that 45-yard touchdown there at the end. Uh, came through 6 for 83 and a score. Uh, I like that Nico Collins keeps getting targets, 4 for 55. Zero clarity with the running backs. Rex Burkhead had the rushing touchdown, 4 for 21. Something called Scotty Phillips had five carries. Phillip Lindsay had three. David Johnson had two. Simple, uh, simple avoid. That's avoid. it. Avoid. Yeah. That's <laughs> Rex, it. Rex Burkhead at least had three catches on four targets. Still, like maybe it's Burkhead's backfield. I don't know. He played the most snaps. He played 30, Phillips 15, David Johnson 11, Lindsey 8. People were spending actual fab dollars on David Johnson and Philip Lindsey. <laughs> mistake. Mistake. Big time uh, mistake. Hey, maybe Tyrod Taylor comes back next week and things things look better. So that will know. help. Yes, that will. <laughs> maybe help. maybe it'll help a little bit. Uh, San Francisco, Chicago, 49ers, 33-22 winners here. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, 322 yards passing, then ran for two touchdowns, five carries, four yards, and two scores. Uh, Elijah Mitchell, I was talking about him all week long, If you and I wrote him up in the playbook. Uh, San Francisco does two things. They run the ball with Mitchell. They throw the ball to Debo Samuel. That's what happened in this game. Elijah Mitchell, 18 for 137 to score. Debo Samuel, 6 for 171. And I think he got jowled out of that touchdown there uh, on that long play. Got knocked out at the 1, 83-yard catch there. Target, absolute monster. Um, you know, I, I like offenses that are like this, Adam, because you know where the ball is going uh, in DFS. You just know who to play. And this is where we're at right now with this guy. It's Elijah Mitchell. It's Debo Samuel. Move forward. Yeah. I mean, we did see Brandon Ayuk play a lot more. He ran more routes than Debo. He had seven targets. He did have a bad drop, but at least uh, there were some positives there if you've been holding him in a deep league. But yeah, we'll see. Uh, George Kittle could be back soon, so that will obviously he'll command some targets. But yeah, it's Debo and Elijah Mitchell. Pretty clear, clear. It's Elijah Mitchell's backfield. He played 37 snaps, hasty 19. Mitchell even ran 14 routes, even though he got no targets, which typically we don't see much. But it's pretty simple with the 49ers right now. Yep. Uh, on the flip side, after an abysmal uh, week seven against Tampa Bay, uh, Fields bounced back. Look, okay, 19 for 27. Uh, had the one touchdown there, but obviously everybody's talking about his touchdown run. Uh, oh, it was 10, sick. 10 for 103 and a score. Khalil Herbert, 23 for 72 rushing. And you got the volume. You can't hate on that. So running the ball-wise, that's where you went. Darnell Mooney, 6 for 64 on nine targets. Jesse James caught a touchdown to the, you know, the bane of Cole Komet, uh, fantasy managers. And then uh, coming into the week, Allen Robinson was wide receiver 58 in PPR leagues. Uh, he's going to be dropping again this week, uh, Adam. Uh, three for 21. Yeah, it's it's brutal right now, man. I mean, there's just no other. You, Is you he can't droppable? Play. I mean, I don't know. Like, 
True. I hear it depends on your league. You know, everyone's different. Like, so I play in a lot of deep leagues with 18 to 20 roster spots. I'm not dropping them there. I'm just benching them because there's so much talent and maybe something changes. But if you're like in a 10 team league or a 12 team league with four or five bench spots and the buys, yeah, in that situation, he's droppable. But if I was like, you know, we're through six and two, seven and one, and I had a spot, I if someone dropped him, I'd probably stash him again. The talent is there, but it is just not happening at all at this point. Clearly, Fields prefers Mooney too. Yeah, that's uh, it's it's pretty it's pretty wild there for sure. Um, next matchup that we're going to take a look at here, um, we had Miami versus Buffalo. Uh, Josh Allen took a while to get here, but uh, ended up with twenty nine of forty two passing, two hundred forty nine yards and two touchdowns. Also added eight for fifty five and a score. So another three total scores. Uh, for Allen in that matchup. Cole Beasley, second straight big game for him. 10 for 110 on 13 targets. Stephon Diggs, 5 for 40 uh, and a touchdown there. Emmanuel Sanders with the goose egg this week. Uh, not good for those who played him. Oh, yeah. Definitely surprising, too, because he ran the most routes. He played the most snaps of the receivers. Four targets, didn't catch any. So I'm sure a lot of people had Sanders in the lap. I was stunned at how flat the Bills came out. Coming off a bye and a loss against Tennessee, they had three points in the first half. They only had 10 through the, the first three quarters. So, um, fortunately, they covered um, if you had them because I, I did. Uh, but, yeah, running game did nothing. Uh, Diggs did come through with a touchdown, five for 40. Gabriel Davis had a touchdown. Uh, we did see Sweeney, Tommy Sweeney, a tight end, play a lot, but only four targets. I mean, I, I think some people are like, oh, he's going to play Dawson Knoxville. It's not like Knox was, Knox was not getting a lot of targets either. Right. He was just scoring touchdowns. Um, so, yeah, this was pretty disappointing across the board in Miami. Yeah, well, there wasn't much here. I mean, we knew two had a tough matchup. Gaskin didn't do anything. Devontae Parker returned on at eight for 85 yeah. and 11 targets, man. So um, he definitely looks like he's someone that Tua looks at a lot. 12 targets. Waddle had 10, but didn't do much with him. And Gusecki, only four. I wonder if that coincides with Devontae yeah. Parker. Being I, I think it does. This is what I talked about with Parker when he was coming back. And we had these conversations about, you know, the breakdown for this Miami team. Like, look at the target share that Devontae Parker was getting before his injury. You know, it was eight, seven, eight, nine targets, basically, in those three or four games or whatever it was. You know, somebody there was going to take a hit when he came back because he immediately came back and demanded um, the same level of target share. It's disappointing that it came at the expense, seemingly, of Mike Gesicki. Could have been matchup-based. Um, well, I, I think Gesicki should be okay. Because remember, Miami doesn't run the football at all. This was no. a tough matchup against the Bills. Tua attempted 39 passes. And I think he's going to be in that range. So he was 21-39. and 39. So if he improves that completion percentage against a better team, maybe Gesicki sees a little bit more. Because they, yeah, so. they just, they're not running the football, man. They just can't. Yeah. And, and I mean, listen, at least Gaston, I guess, got the 12 carries. Uh, you know, we know talk about Malcolm Brown on IR and, and Alman got his seven cuts to seven last week as well. But uh, yeah, tough to really go ahead and trust really anybody else uh, in those spots here. Uh, my Patriots went into the Chargers and won. Uh, you know, they had a pick six there to close it out at the end. Uh, Mac Jones was well, not good. He was missing throws all game. Uh, you know, only 18 of 35 for 218. But uh, Damian Harris, if you play Damian Harris in fantasy, uh, some frustrating days with the holding calls going against you. Uh, he had a touchdown run callback and a couple other big runs callback. Still finished with 23 for 80 and a score um, there. But again, Patriots offensively, uh, that was like their only touchdown. Everything else was field goals and defensive score. So uh, not really got much going on 
uh, on that side of the football. And on the flip side, um, you know, Austin Eckler, 11 for 64 and a score. Keenan Allen, 6 for 77 and a touchdown. Eckler, of course, adding in uh, the six catches on 10 targets for 60 yards. Uh, Mike Williams was, like, I think, the second highest priced wide receiver on DraftKings this week. Two catches, 19 yards. Yeah, only four targets in this one for him. So, yeah, it was disappointing pretty much across the board. Herbert did not play well. Little miscommunication on the pick six with Jared Cook. So, yeah, I, I was surprised at how bad the Chargers played coming off a bye and also coming off an ass kick in Baltimore. So Howard always says, Chargers home favorites. He hates it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I thought this was a different team this year, though. So. This was uh this is a bad loss for them. So they lose this game at home against New England and then have to travel all the way back east to play Philly next week. Ugh. Things are things are gonna be tough, I think, for the Chargers uh coming up. Well, yeah, I hope they can start turning it around because I need Mike Williams to perform. Mike Williams performing would be would be ideal as well. Uh Tennessee Indy, uh good matchup here if you're an AJ Brown fan. I tweeted. Because uh, going into halftime, Major Brown had one target for one catch for 57 yards and a touchdown. I said, hopefully the Titans uh, go in and, and realize that there's a 100% success rate right now. Going at A.J. Brown, he finishes the game 10 catches, 155, a score on 11 targets there. Uh, Derrick Henry, not a great game for him. They didn't really run the ball too well. Uh, Tannehill had three total touchdowns. Jeff Swaim and Nick Westbrook-Akine both finding the end zone there. Uh, Carson Wentz, Michael Pittman connected with two early scores. Uh, Pittman finishes with 10 for 86 and two scores. And then Taylor uh, at the very end there saved fantasy managers. Uh, I think it was Tannehill got picked and they got tackled at like the three or four, right? And Taylor was able to, oh no, they had a, a pass interference, I think it was, right? They had a pass interference that put the ball down at like the two or three yard line and Taylor was able uh, to punch it in there. Wentz himself, 231 and three scores. Uh, Wentz, was, Wentz gave this game away. He took two interceptions late, one in overtime, where Jonathan Taylor, it was first down. Jonathan Taylor was wide open over the middle, and instead he forces it down the field into, I think it was triple coverage. So he gave this game away. I mean, he just makes some dumb decisions. The, the decision in the end zone, too, where he should have just taken the safety. I mean, he just, oh, man, some really bad decisions by him. Yeah, that interception was awful. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> Look, A.J. Brown, not a surprise. I mean, when we did the alarm show on Friday, I said Brown was my play of the week. He was in my Yahoo DFS video. For some reason, he was $24 last week, $24 this week. Yeah. Really? Uh, okay, fire him up. I mean, he's pretty much, until that salary climbs like crazy, just play him every week because he's finally healthy. He's going to command the most targets, even when Julio Jones is there and Jones was out. Um, and the guy just... It makes big plays. He had the 57-yard touchdown, 10 for 155 and a touchdown. So just pretty much play him every week unless the salary gets crazy. He's, he's got some tough matchups coming up. He's got Jalen Ramsey and Marshawn Lattimore probably. So, eh, It kind of doesn't matter, I think, for him because he's going to get the targets. Yeah, that's true. Um, and then, yeah, Pittman came through and we warned people about Mo Ali Cox. Right. Yeah. I mean, yep. he had four targets, no catches. He dropped Doyle, got the touchdowns. He has zero. Yeah, exactly, man. So uh, T.Y. Hilton left this game with a concussion, only had two for 16. So this was a brutal loss for the Colts because they are now three and five and the Titans are six and two. And haven't the Titans now beaten the Colts twice this year? Yes, they have. Yep. So they don't. They, yeah. The Colts, boy, they have very little margin for error because uh, they're going to have to probably win this division to get to the postseason. And uh, now they are essentially basically 
three, three and a half out of first because they don't have the tiebreaker against Tennessee. Right. Uh, two more games to go here on this slate. <laughs> Jacksonville blown out by Seattle, 31 uh, 7. Geno Smith, 20 of 24 in two scores. Alex Collins had 10 carries. Uh, Geno also ran in a touchdown there. Tyler Luckett, though, hey, <laughs> what? Where? How? Thank you, Jacksonville, I guess. 12 for 142 on 13 targets, and then DK Metcalf found the end zone twice, 6 for 43 and two scores. I know no one saw this coming for Lockett, but I kind of had a feeling that he could have a good game this week because of Jacksonville. Remember, Gino went against Pittsburgh and the Saints. Those are pretty good defenses. Now you have Jacksonville coming into your house. So I left Lockett in most of my lineups and certainly glad that I did. Right. And this is what I was saying about Gino, bro. Just let him. Like the touchdown, one of the touchdowns of Metcalf, he just threw it up to him. Let him, you know, let him get the ball out quickly. And it's easier to do against Jacksonville, right? You know, so there were a couple plays where he was in the pocket and then had time and scrambled. You don't want that. You want him to drop back and get rid of it quickly. Don't let him think and scramble where he can make mistakes. And you can do that against Jacksonville. So um, both those guys came through. I mean, it was great. Only four players on Seattle got targets in this game. Of the 22 targets, 19 between Lockett and Metcalf. And that's one thing, too, that I loved about Seattle before the year. You knew where the ball is going. They're going to run it, and it's DK and Lockett, which is why I love those guys so much, especially with an efficient Russell Wilson. So let's hope Russell Wilson comes back. Seattle's on bye next week, so we might see Russ in Week 10. That would be huge for uh, those receivers. Uh, the ground games, uh, I don't know. I mean, I had Collins ranked highest. He played the most snaps. Uh, I think there was a sequence where I think I think Penny got two goal line carries in a row was stopped. Collins got one on third down. He was stopped, too. Uh, but it still looks like Collins is the lead of this. Uh, but I expected a better day against Jacksonville. You know, just 10 for 44. Penny just seven for seven on the ground. We don't know about Chris Carson. And James Robinson left this game early with an ankle injury. So uh, Carlos Hyde. Had six yeah, catches saw, for 40 yards. Eight I, saw target, report, I, mean, I saw a report that Urban Meyer said that oh, he heel, heel injury. Heel. Yeah, he's got a bruised heel and he doesn't know the extent. So good reporting there. Uh, thanks, Urban, for the information. Uh, yeah, Carlos Hyde, nine for 32, but also had the six catches for 40. Uh, don't, I mean, people are going to be spending fad dollars on Carlos Hyde in the year of 2021, I guess. Uh, you know, he's going to have probably some people taking a look at him. Uh, Dan Arnold, you mentioned you picked him up. He was the highest scoring fantasy tight end so far to this week in PPR. Is that true? Yep. Yeah, in PPR format. Holy shit, it was that bad of a week for tight ends? Yeah, it was a good one. Well, Kelsey hasn't played. Yeah, yet, so. Kelsey. And, and Andrews is on a bye. And, yeah. and the great Evan Engram, too. Yeah. That, actually, that, that can't be true. That can, and did, did did Hawkinson, like, fumble or something? Hawkinson had oh, no, yeah. Hawkinson had to have more. Yeah. So 10 that can't for 89 is 18.9. Yeah, some of that can't be. That can't be right. I was maybe what I'm looking at has been. Hawkinson still. Yeah, I'm not looking at the tight end leaders, but damn, it's a it's a pretty bad week for. Yeah, tight it wasn't a good week. Maybe maybe what I looked at hadn't been fully updated yet. Uh, he had eight for sixty eight though. So I mean, you're looking you're looking at you know f- what fourteen fantasy points in full PPR for for Dan Arnold this week. So um, not I mean, off. Look at this uh, this offense. I mean. 12 targets to Jamal Agnew. So, hey, listen, I, I want to pat myself on the back for this. Oh, I, I mentioned. Oh, wait. Oh, see, I didn't do the show with you. The waiver wire show. I brought up Agnew. I've been touting Agnew for two weeks. Uh, I put him in the fantasy swamp. I did with Fancy. I wrote him up in the playbook. I talked about his increased snap share uh, since the Chark injury happened. They kicked out LaVisca to the outside. Uh, they put in Agnew in the slot. And then there was uh, Darryl Bevel 
came out and gave a report. He's like, yeah, Agnew's one of our three receivers. He's our starting slot guy. $3,700 this week in DFS. I had him in every example lineup. He came through six for 38 and a touchdown. Yeah, so he got lucky. He came through late with the touchdown. Hey, it doesn't matter how it comes. It's all just there, you know? Yeah, I'm looking out. Hawkinson's the leading tight end this week. 18.9. Arnold's second. Friermuth is third. Goddard, fourth. Brevin Jordan is fifth. Jesse James, sixth. Jeff Swain, seventh. My goodness. Teller hey. Coughlin, eighth. Jordan Aikens, ninth. Tyler Croft, tenth. Jack Doyle, eleventh. <laughs> Gusecki 12. Holy shit. Yeah, not a good week for your, for your Holy shit. Damn. Kevin hey, Ingram might finally crack a top 10 this year. Yeah. Well, all he needs to do is get 10 in the PPR. Because right. right now, 10 is 10 from Tyler Croft. Right. So, uh, yeah. Wow. I, I, pretty pretty wild. But still, for, for a guy that you're picking up off your waiver wire, and Dan Arnold's only 2,800 in DFS this week. So, uh, if you had played him, you, you came out with a, a top two uh, tight end production there. So, but listen, Dan Arnold, you know, we talked a lot about it earlier this year and, and Andrew Cooper is the one that really has been hammering this home. Uh, Urban Meyer wants to use a tight end in his passing offense. He, he made James O'Shaughnessy run like 80% snaps. You well, know, he, uh, want, he uh, wants to throw these short routes to fucking Dan Arnold, Carlos Hyde, Jamal Agnew, yeah. Marvin Jones had seven targets, LaVisca Chanel four. Yeah. Like they're not throwing anything downfield. Nope. 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 So he loves, loves the tight end. Uh, they traded for Arnold, and he's actually been pretty productive in like three of the four weeks that he's been here. So, um, you know, something to at least pay attention to looking forward. Not that we want too much exposure, but if you need a tight end in the tight end wasteland, uh, Dan Arnold certainly is looking like a fantasy viable option. Uh, last game here, Adam, Washington versus Denver. Uh, the Washington football team defense was uh, $100 above min price on DraftKings, and they were the highest roster defense of the week at 32% ownership across uh, the majority of GBP contests, um, low scoring affair, you know, Denver's offense still doesn't excite anybody. Uh, it was Melvin G- Gordon speak uh, that found the production two total touchdowns there uh, for them. But everything else is just a bunch of blah. Yeah, just brutal, man, across the board. Um, I don't know why they took Antonio Gibson off the injury report. If you're going to give Jarrett Patterson 11 carries and then they had Gibson in there on a pass protection play. So I, I don't get it. I don't know what they're doing with him. I mean, he, at least he caught three passes for 20 yards. Uh, McKissick had eight for 83. DeAndre Carter had their touchdown. McLaurin with a dud of a day. Uh, Ricky Seals-Jones was quiet, two for 12. And um, I think they have a bye next week. And then maybe Logan Thomas could be back. So that might be the end of RSJ. Bridgewater had a great matchup for those that maybe were streaming or looking for a Dak Prescott replacement, and he did nothing. I mean, one touchdown, 213. Melvin Gordon found the end zone twice, uh, still splitting with Javante Williams. Cortland Sutton was a disappointment. Jerry Judy did return, four catches, 39 yards. He did play a lot, so I think that's encouraging at least. Uh, not the production you want, but you know they didn't do much offensively in this game. Uh, let me see. Judy played 38 snaps, 23 routes. So, yeah, I think it's fine. But Noah Fant, man, um, there's a little concern for him. Albert O was back and he ran 12 routes at three targets. Fant had four targets. So I think with Judy back and Albert O, Fant might be hurt a little bit, uh, which was I was worried about before the year, uh, which is why I kind of stayed away from Fant. I'm like, wait, you got Sutton, you got Judy, the running backs. Like, how is like, where is this offense that good that all of this is going to 
equal production for everyone. So uh, they do play Dallas next week, though. So you would assume Dallas puts up points and maybe the, they're going to have to throw a little bit more to keep up with Dallas. Right. No, I, I agree with you there. So uh, that wraps up. We get here, uh, Adam. Any uh, final thoughts? Any look towards the Monday night football game? Yeah, where where is that line? I think I think it's ten and a half, isn't it? Yeah, so that's I think mm. that's the last number I saw. Yeah, all week I've kind of been leaning with the Giants and the points. It's just if you look at Kansas City, they have been absolutely terrible against the spread going back to last year. But at the same time, it's like, could this be a game where the Chiefs just explode? Um, they are six and two against the spread in the last eight games following a loss because they haven't lost much going back to last year. Obviously, a little bit more this year. Um, hmm. I guess I'll make my official pick on the fantasy alarm show with you on Monday. Cause I, I could see the chiefs just putting up, a the vintage Chiefs performance. We haven't seen it in a while, but look at who they played too. It's not like they've gone against like these bad teams. They face some pretty good, the bills, the Titans. Um, and I think people see that last performance like, Oh yeah, the chiefs are done. I'm not ready to say that. I mean, again, they lost at Baltimore by one, which they could have won. CEH fumbled. They lost to the Chargers, which doesn't look as good now, but it's a divisional game. They lost against the Bills, and they lost against the Titans. You know, and what did they do two weeks ago against Washington? They kicked the crap out of them. You know, they they covered. So, um, not sure about this one yet. My, my lean was Giants all week, especially at 10.5 because that's a big number. But part of me says that maybe we see uh, – a Chiefs explosion here. I mean, it's if any team can can do it, if any team can tap out of it, it would certainly be the Patrick Mahomes led team. All right, everybody, that wraps up this week's Anti Up podcast. We'll be back. Uh, Adam and Howard Benner will be returning soon from his fishing trips. So you'll be able to listen to Howard uh, as well. But for now, we will catch you guys later. Mm-hmm.